0: Okay. I said Welcome, everyone. Good to see you. Welcome, back. Good to see you too. Great. Thank God. It's so funny. It used to be you expected everything to be on time and go, and now when it's on time, you're very thankful. Yes. Or that you weren't canceled. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, all has to do with expectations. So, Okay. We're in chapter nine. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, so uh, the. Um, as I mentioned, the, the prophecies often get put together from different times in different places, and it's very challenging because in English, when you read a chapter, you want everything to be the same theme and the same time, but when they put these chapters together, it did, it's not that way. They had sometimes totally different messages to different people, and they, were just, they had to bind them together and put them on the same scroll, but they're not connected. So a lot of things did get uh, pushed together. Uh, we're starting with the um, message of redemption, a very exciting message where the, um, uh, the story was that Kherif, uh, the, uh the king of the uh, non-Jewish kingdom that had invaded Eretz Israel had already conquered the ten tribes and was now, uh, uh, conquered some of the ten tribes, and was now uh, surrounding Yerushalayim with a huge army and uh, was uh, besieging and the siege was terrible because there wasn't food and there wasn't water and there wasn't enough of anything. And um, uh, things didn't look good. Uh, And uh, the people didn't know what was gonna be the outcome. Some people wanted to give up. Uh, What do you do when that kind of thing happens? So uh, we know one of the, uh, from Pesach night in the songs, we talk about the miracle that happened, that uh, basically there was a plague that hit his army and overnight uh, the army disappeared, an incredible thing like normally there's no way to stop an army but uh, um, the truth is uh, most wars in ancient times they had a lot of people die because of plagues, uh, sometimes more from sicknesses because you had all of these uh, soldiers together in unsanitary conditions for months at a time and things would spread. And a lot of the casualties were from diseases that the soldiers would get and spread because they had no, but uh, Hashem sent them a plague and uh, they were saved. But uh, this was before that. Uh, and the, many people were wavering in their faith. What do we do? You know, like the, uh, we always, you know, we have to, uh, we believe how, there's a few psukim that uh, say this, that Hashem helps those that help themselves. In other words, we have to make our efforts but sometimes, after you make all the efforts you can make, um, you, that's where that's where a faith begins. In other words, where I know there's nothing I could do about this, so only Hashem could do something about this. So that's where I put my faith in Hashem, and that's where I, um, you know, the, uh, the Hashem doesn't expect me to do something that there's something I can do. So then, so that's the situation over here. The question was what uh it looked like the eretz israel would be destroyed this was the last remnant Yehuda. Uh, Yerushalayim was destroyed so let's see so haam Hochin bachoshech the people the word am always means uh the uh the simple people the people not on the higher level they were going in darkness uh, things were very dark they didn't see how this was going to end good uh, a siege was really scary because uh they, when they would um, win the siege, they would slaughter. They would come in and they would slaughter the people, they would sell them as slaves, and uh, it really did not look good. So the people were going in darkness, row or guddle They're going to see a big light. There's going to be a big contrast uh, when you go from darkness to light. Yoshve be'eret salmavis. The people who are sitting uh, in the land, salmavis, you might be familiar with this term, Salmavis means the shadow of death. It's like uh, when you're in the shadow, you're like right next to something. So you have this army outside with the spears and the javelins and the, all the weapons, and sh- you're in the shadow of that. It's like people saw their lives, uh, and they didn't have enough food, and they, knew, and they knew eventually they would starve. So the people who were sitting, Be'erit Salmavis, in a land in the shadow of death, or nugget. Now, now all of a sudden they see light. Um, Hashem lifted up the nation. Um, We sometimes make a mistake because we're used to calling non Jews a goy, but actually the word goy means nation. It doesn't mean Goyim um, typically means like the nations. That's so usually the nations meaning not us, but really uh, the word Goy itself means nation. It does nothing wrong with being a nation. But harbisa hagoy, here it says that you lifted up the Goy, that's us. You lifted up the nation. You lifted up us as a people, as a country. Uh, um, now, here you have something known as the kri which is, uh, if you look at the word lo, it's spelled lamed aleph. Uh, and then there's a lamed vav there. Um, usually it means that there's um, it, it means that there's something mysterious going on. It means there's something to study. Whenever you see what's called the kriyksiv, it means that the the letter is written funny or there's a little asterisk on top. Uh, often it means there's a really interesting message hidden there. So um, it's not to him. It's something. Well, lo means no. Lo hig So some people say. Uh, The word low means, uh, low to him means was, to him you raised great joy. Whereas low higdalta" means, it wasn't such a great joy. So really what happened was, in the ideal world, this salvation would have led to Mashiach. Uh, This, the people were in danger, they did tshuva, Hashem saved us. And if the response had been, strong enough, we would have been totally saved and all the problems would have been solved, uh, but it was just a temporary reprieve. So in the word low, that's if you read it low with a laminal, if it means you lifted us up, but not quite all the way. Uh, whereas low, sometimes you don't want to talk about, uh, it, it was a great moment, but it could have been greater. Uh, some people say that uh, he didn't, uh, we didn't give enough thanks afterwards. We didn't utilize the moment. Um, and we believe there are times in history where if we grab the moment, who knows? Uh, you know, when, when COVID uh, hit, it was really, it was, uh, everybody knows, was was really awful and dark and, and terrible. And then uh, things got a little better. And we, we, we kind of were hoping Mashiach would come, you know, because we never lived through something like that, you know, a real plague in our times. And we we saw that Hashem was was moving the world. And so we're kind of hoping, you know, that we when we did so much suffering and people would have to live through so much that maybe that would be lead to the final, you know, and then... It's a little bit of a letdown that now things are back to, the, you know, the way they were before there was COVID. Like, did, did we grow from it? Did we learn from it? Did we, um, and so somewhat that's the story over here. They had salvation from this problem, but in the end, it just became another, uh, uh, another moment in history where that moment it was very good, but it didn't, um, uh, didn't solve the, all the problems. Yeah. Um, is it significant at all that when it's referring to Gawaii, boy- doesn't it preface it with HaKadosh, Goy? Um, no, I don't think so, because I, I th- I'm not sure if the way the prophet speaks, <laughs> if he would use that term or not. That, you're right, sometimes we say Goy Kadosh, we say holy nation, that's a good point. That, um, the, the question always is, well, there's lots of nations, what distinguishes one nation from another? And so we have to be a holy nation, which is a great point uh, but uh yeah that I'm not sure if the when it, we have to see if he mentions it elsewhere if he uses that um the prophets they're they're very straight, they don't use the flowery language always so but um but that's the discussion here. This was a great moment, could it have been greater you know if we had, we were on a roll, if only we had utilized that moment uh a little bit more uh then uh maybe uh that then uh Basically, we're going to see what was the, why was it that we earned that miracle? What did we do that earned the miracle? the The truth is, as a nation, the people were not uh, had not improved and had not solved all the problems, but the leader was very righteous, uh, and the leader was almost Mashiach, uh, and that's uh, his. We're going to see about him. He was Chizkiyahu, but. Uh, um, sometimes the, the people weren't worthy that he should become the Mashiach, or sometimes the Mashiach means that he was anointed and he led the people to great things. And potentially, um, we believe at some point in history, if we get the right leader, maybe that we'll, he'll, that'll be the Mashiach that will lead us all the way. But uh, he was close. He was a close second. He was almost the, uh, the Mashiach. Uh, but it, since we didn't quite make it, uh, that was the, the issue here. But this was pretty happy. This was a pretty good moment. Uh, And um, it mentions over here, the joy was kesimkes bekatsir. He compares it to the harvest. If you're a farmer, you put a lot of work into the crop. You know, there's the weeding and the plowing and the watering and the, And if it doesn't rain every day, you look at the sky and you say, oh, make it rain." You know, you get a little bit of rain. You want more rain, and then it grows. And then you get you get insects that cause problems. You get winds that cause problems. And it's really a farmer has a lot of work. And so when he finally harvests, that is like, oh my goodness, that's amazing! Like, so he said, this joy was like that. Uh, and uh, that's what he compares the joy. Uh, and um, there was a burden and a staff that oppressed them was finally lifted. In other words, for months, they had this, maybe even years, they had this army coming against them, this mighty army. And uh, we didn't have a mighty army. He compares it to the, uh, to the war against Midian. Uh, that was during the times of... Um, uh, That was much earlier in the times of uh, uh, Yiftach, I believe, was the war against Midian. So that also was um, the people were uh, were uh, were living with a great fear. We have some of this, whenever there's a war in Israel and they're bombing and it goes on for days, we start to worry and it gets gray and you know, and you see casualties and you feel so bad and those are our, those are our family there that's suffering and you don't know where to lead and, and the nations are causing trouble and then it's over and then it's like the gloom lifts, you know, that, like, you know, like it's a, you, you don't have to live every day where you're afraid to open the newspaper and see like, you know, where the missiles go and who, uh, and so over here it says like this was lifted, like the burden of that kind of uh, of this army was lifted koson son barash now there's another problem which is usually uh, if there's an enemy coming the only way to defeat them is in battle and uh, there's really no such thing as a good war it's no such thing as uh, every war you know people die even when you win you know and so koson son barash every war even when you win it's, it's, a, it's very noisy it's, it's very it's uh, and uh, the best scenario is uh, the garments are wallowing in blood. You know, you've got a, you know, they're fighting with swords over there. Uh, but here, uh, we didn't have to fight at all. There was no noise. Basically, at night, they got the plague. Um, in the Middle Ages, they had this. They had plagues that people died overnight. You know, they just, they were fine one day, and then they got the, the plague, and then the next morning, they didn't wake up. It was like so fast, like, uh, um, you know, it was... Uh, um, and so this, uh, this was like that, and it was just like a fire. So that's the, the uh, 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 a reference to this. This was before this happened, uh, that he saw, foresaw that this, uh, this particular enemy, Sam would be defeated. Now, what merit would we have that would Hashem make a miracle like that? We don't get miracles like that all the time. That, uh, so what was it? So he's going to say it was the miracle was in the merit of the, of the leader, this particular leader, ki yeled uh because we have are going to have a young person. Uh, this was before the battle started, but he said that this leader is already here, and he describes him as a yeled, a young man was born to us, ki yeled yulel lanu bain nitanlo. Hashem already gave us this potential leader in the future. Fatiha Mishra al Shikmov. And um, he's going to take responsibility. He's going to be somebody to carry the burden. When you put something on your shoulder, in those days you slept, you slept something on your shoulder. So he's going to carry the weight. Uh, instead of being, you know, light light, you know, sometimes you get leaders that refuse responsibility. It, it, it really aggravates me today. Even when non-Jewish leaders, when somebody doesn't take responsibility. All he could do was blame it on other people. Well, listen, we elected you. Do what you, you know, show us what you can do to make people, you know, to to help people. Don't just get up there and, you know, blame other people. Put, carry the burden. Um, so they don 't want to, because they 're afraid that if they, things didn 't go well, then the, their party won 't be elected or they won 't be reelected, and so it 's easier for them to. But a, a real leader, it says he 's going to carry the burden on his shoulder. Now, what will his name be? Now, in Judaism, especially in Tanakh, names don't mean names. We always think that they were going to call him that name. The main the name means how did you describe him? So he says his name will be Yoetz, he'll have great advice, wondrous advice. Um, so there is a Hebrew book called Pelayoids. There's a book of advice. It was written about 200 years ago. And it's uh, really, um, it has like really great advice in there. And so it's called Pelayoids. That was the name of the, it's written in the Sephardic book. A lot of people like that. So uh, the challenge is you have to find the right advice for your situation. But once you find it, you say, wow, this really is what I was looking for. That's the Pelayowicz. Uh But it's saying that this, leader will be able to advise people. Um, In in Israel, you have people like that that you can go to for advice. You know, they're great people that have, you know, that uh, just, uh, um, I think I I, I mentioned to you once there was, uh, we used to have in America, uh, there was a Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky was a, uh, uh, a uh, person who got out, you know, a survivor from Europe, uh, who came here and uh, was a famous Rosh Hashiva, but he was known for good advice. He was known for, like, uh, anytime somebody had a situation, they'd always say, go talk to Rav Yaakov, you know. And he was already in his 80s and his 90s, and he'd really, he'd been around. And he really was one of these people who you talked to, and you were just, like, amazed so I had a family situation that was a little bit family situations. You always need advice because it's always uh, you know you're dealing with characters there and you know feel so. I called him. So first he spoke Yiddish and my Yiddish wasn't that good, so I figured that he probably has a gabbai who's going to you know pick up the phone and the gabbai usually speaks English and I'll, I'll tell him the question. So I called him on the phone, and he answered. <laughs> I didn't know what to do because they had the you know and so. Uh, he, but he understood English. So I explained to him my question. And I thought it would be real complicated and real long. And in a few seconds, he just gave the most simple, direct answer. And you know what? I knew immediately that he was correct. that That's, you know, when somebody gives good advice, often you say, you know, you hit it on the nail. Wow. Why didn't I think of that? You know, it was like, and I, I you know, I must have been 14 or something. And I was just like shocked that I could reach somebody like, that. that's the, the old style was that, they were accessible you could reach them you know you called on the phone you could reach the uh and in, in israel somewhat they are too uh but uh, uh but there are people like that that are known for being able to have good advice um the hasidim or at least some Hasidim. i, I have a roommate who's Hasidish. they have uh, um, in his chassidus they have a system where younger people have older people they can go to for advice and they pick somebody uh, who they feel understands them and their situation, and they have it as part of a system. And it's terrific because um, when I was younger, I, I had mentors and people who I could go to for advice. But unfortunately, as I got older, most of them passed away. You know, they got older too, and then so like, who do I go to now? Uh, you know, and and, um, and I suppose if I lived in a city where we had a lot of elderly people or different people who've been around, I would, you know. But I, it's just harder to find people to go to for advice. But we need that. We all really need I'm aging as best I can. <laughs> okay, yeah. right. Okay, I can go to you I don't for know that. If I can help you uh, anyway. But. Uh, <laughs> But we really, uh, that's, that's really a good, uh, a productive thing is we all should have people we go to for advice that we talk to, you know, that's a, um, you know, that's a, such an important, uh, really, we, we need to use older people because those are the people that have lived life and they've seen, they've been around. It's not their first rodeo. And it's, it happens when you talk to older people. You think that, that this has never happened before. It's happened plenty. <laughs> That's the funny thing. Young people, think get that. That's what you learn when you're older. Yeah. You're not terminally unique. Yeah. And whatever it is, it, it's already been. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so this leader is going to be a wondrous advisor. <laughs> he's going to be a Pelleyoitz. Uh, he's going to have that quality that he's able to help people and advise what to do. Number two, Kel Gibor. And he's going to be a uh, so. Now the first thing was that he's going to carry the burden. Um, the uh, he's going to be able to. Uh, he's going to take responsibility and give good advice. He's going to be um, a person that gibor Aviad sar shalom. He's um, this Hashem is going to. Um, he's going to lead people to Hashem. And he's going to be a, um, a, a prince of peace. He's going to be a... Which is interesting also. Sometimes people think we need a warrior. He's going to be a warrior of peace. He's going to help bring peace. Uh, the Lamar uh, Bahamishra. And uh, he's going to uh, not be only limited to one place. He's going to be a leader of many places. The... Uh, some groups have their own leaders, but they're really not leaders of everyone. They're a leader of a particular group. He's going to be a leader of everyone, and uh and Kates and an unlimited peace. Al David, he's going to sit on the throne of David, val Mamlachto, and the kingdom. He's going to be the future king. This was a uh, uh, this was Chizkiyahu. Now the interesting thing was that the um, the early Christians had a problem that they. Um, when they had who they felt was a great leader, the question was, where uh, if he really was great, he should have been mentioned in scripture. <laughs> scripture, there was, uh, scripture was around in those days and we had communication from Hashem. And if he was the man, shouldn't, uh, shouldn't uh, have there have been a prophecy about him? And so this was the problem because there wasn't. There was no such prophecy that there'll be a Yashka or there'll be a Mohammed or there'll be, uh, it didn't fit. And so what they wanted to do was they wanted to make the person who they had fit into Hebrew Scripture. Sometimes they did it because they wanted to convince Jews to accept it, so they decided they would look in our book and then kind of... But they ran into all kinds of problems um, because they didn't know Hebrew Scripture that well. And so, for example... um, uh, there's a verse that, like, a young woman will be born, and they, they translated that as virgin, but it didn't say virgin. And virgins don't give birth, and that, that was, that, was that, that set of verses. Um, some of them decided that this would be a good set of verses to predict the, the Messiah would be born. Uh, and that's why um, you often hear that on the radio, the Prince of Peace. That's one of the names. Uh, I, I don't know that much about it, but this verse said he was born already. This was 500 years before Yashka was born. Uh, this, th- these events, historically, were five. So it couldn't be, it, we, again, I, I don't, you know, I did never met Yashka, I don't know about him, I know what they said about him, uh, but um, this couldn't refer to somebody who was born 500 years later. This says, uh, in verse uh, four, it says, this verse is talking about somebody who was already born. Ki you the child was born who will become this great leader. So it's not talking about, um, it's in the past tense. And so if somebody tries to tell you the Prince of Peace, you laugh because this was 500 years before the Prince of Peace, who, if, assuming he was the Prince of Peace. I, that's another, I'm not, I, it's not, um, I'm not really addressing that. I'm just addressing, if you learn Yeshayahu, we're talking here about somebody born at that time, not somebody born 500 years later. Um, and so at that time, this was a reference to Chizkiyahu. Um, this does describe a great leader, and it describes somebody who could have been the Mashiach, and Mashiach-like qualities, the leaders of a great person, but it's very specific to the person who was born who would lead us to overcome uh, the enemy, Aslam who camped outside and wanted to destroy the Jewish people. And that's one of the qualities of, of the Mashiach, is that he will help us to feed our enemies. Um, even some of the uh, there are Hasidic groups that want to claim that their leader was the Messiah, it's silly. He never let us defeat her. He never defeated enemies. Could he have become the Messiah? I don't know. Maybe he could. But that's like silly. He wasn't. <laughs> so if, if Mashiach has to be somebody that, um, you know, uh, leads us to overcome the obstacles of enemies that want to kill us and destroy us and uh, um, that's, that's, one, that's our concept of the Mashiach that uh, we, we, we face we, unfortunately we face enemies in the world and he will help us overcome spiritual enemies and physical enemies That uh, that's all about the wars of Gog and Magog and uh, we, we still unfortunately have enemies that want to destroy us and Mashiach will uh, help us defeat them um, nobody's uh, been around yet who would ever fit that quality who anybody who seriously could think that their Mashiach is here, was here, it's coming back, and it's really not part of our, um, uh, it, it, you know, the different groups kind of wanted their leader to be Mashiach. so uh, I don't know why, I mean, you could just be a great person without being the Mashiach, but they wanted, they kind of like that messiah quality or whatever the, and so they wanted to describe their leader as the Mashiach. So, but it's it's a that's not what the Mashiach is. The Mashiach is very clear: will be a person who will um, help us defeat our enemies and will bring peace and uh, and bring people back to Hashem and uh, many uh, attributes. Um, but Chizkiyahu could have been the, Mashi- the He could have been the final Mashiach, the final one that would have brought mankind to. Um, you know, the, we see it as, uh, you know, we, every generation kind of repeats the, uh, the original sin, you know, goes back and eats from the tree again, or th- every generation we try to do the best we can. And we, sometimes we, we do a better job than other generations. And we so far haven't succeeded in, in uh, solving all of mankind's problems. And we haven't had that leader that's led us to that approach. Uh, but this was a time where we came very close. Uh, and this was Cheskyahu, and again it says somebody. He doesn't call him by name Cheskyahu, but he was the king, the righteous king, who was the king at the time of this uh, of this war that uh, uh, where Yushlim was sieged and the army was defeated. And uh, it's again it describes the qualities that he would have. Okay, uh, and he sits on the throne of David, and he will lead the Jewish people uh, with justice. Meaning that there'll be a time, uh, it's very sad when uh, uh, people are taken advantage of, uh, where people don't get justice, uh, where um, uh, that's uh, one of the qualities of Mashiach is that he will bring to a just, uh, just society. And uh, then there'll be a time of also tzedakah, and it will, it'll be something that'll be lasting, miyantavad ola uh lasts forever. And so, again, uh, that's, uh, uh, that's the, the goal here. And this was the will of Hashem, that Hashem uh, wanted uh, this miracle that happened in the merits of this leader. That's the end on verse 7 of this particular prophecy. And then he continues with a different prophecy. Um, and this is somewhat common. This is what happened to the two tribes, to Yehuda and a little bit of Binyamin. Um, We stopped talking about it as two tribes because um, Benjamin uh, was mostly wiped out in the civil war, the Jewish civil war. Um, And uh, what happened was that was in the, so he was always a very small tribe. The main tribe was Yehuda, and that's why we're called Jews because most of us come from Yehuda, from uh, Judah. That was the, uh, uh, but but it was really the two tribes and the 10 tribes that broke off. The next prophecy is about them. Unfortunately, the ten tribes didn't have such a leader, and uh, the ten tribes uh, uh, got into idol worship. In those days, that was a popular thing. And uh, the, uh, they, the, uh, they went uh, further and further away from Hashem, and uh, uh, they went into exile first, and uh, we're still waiting for them to come back if that's possible. Well it's a whole debate Is about this. The, the Indian they? They could. Uh, some people claim that the Taliban, they're the Indians, they're the uh, they're in Africa. We don't know. No, but the ones that, that are settled now, uh, in Israel, don't they claim to be the from Benjamin? There's some that claim to be from the Lost Tribes, and it's, it's in theory, you know, they, they were lost uh, over a thousand years ago. They may have some DNA from some of the, um, but the DNA evidence doesn't support it. Even the Ethiopians don't have the Jewish yeah, DNA. That's the, uh, uh, but uh, who knows? Okay, so, but we have to switch gears. We had this very nice, happy, beautiful prophecy and uh, defeat of Samkhera. Pesach time is the time to remember that because that happened Pesach night. Uh, Pesach night is a night of miracles. It's really a time where things happen you know people see salvation pesach night it's a time of it's a, that's the uh, and we as a nation we overcame san that night and uh that's uh you know we finished the seder with Elio Anavi because that's the uh we hope the salvation will lead to the uh, mashiach one of the reasons that we sing all those songs at the seder night is that When we have a miracle, we're supposed to use that miracle. We're supposed to. uh, That that's the main opinion. Why this miracle didn't lead to Mashiach was we didn't know what to do with it. We didn't. uh, We didn't praise Hashem enough. We didn't grow from it enough. Um, Some people, uh, many of the Jews during the sixty-seven war, felt that had we used uh, that uh, war, the defeat of the. the getting back of Yerushalayim and the old city and uh, and most of the territory of Eretz Israel, that had we used it right, Mashiach would have come. And in fact, I think I mentioned this, they made a prayer that said that uh, uh, the beginning of redemption started. Uh, and that's the prayer that they created for the state of Israel says that that's it, look, we started. Um, the problem was... Um, that uh, it didn't start, meaning the Mashiach didn't come at 67. Well we denied uh, the miracles. We didn't use, it could be we didn't use that opportunity. So one of the reasons um, this, this shul, like you know, like all shuls hopefully prays for Israel and is connected to Israel, didn't want to say that prayer because the people that wrote it weren't sages and they wrote in the prayer that the Mashiach's on his way and he wasn't on his way. He didn't come from the 67 war. And so some people got insulted and said, well, this shul doesn't love Israel enough. And then they created the shul across the way. That was the uh, or a percentage of the people. That's a fact that some of the people that went to that shul originally down the block was because, so this shul decided, well, we better adopt another prayer for Israel to show that we love Israel. enough." And they do, but it was too late. And then some of those people had left and that was part of the, the history of the, but part of the problem with that prayer was it wasn't, it wasn't written well. It mentioned so some of them of the synagogues that say that prayer have have edited it instead of saying that this was the beginning of redemption they change it to the redemption should start in the future they you know that the the problem was they picked the wrong prayer um, there are certain things that happened that weren't done right um, that that's like one of the problems with the Holocaust Day they didn't pick a good day to have a Holocaust Memorial Day. Uh, don't get me going on politics i 'm in trouble but uh, but had they picked a better day, then they would have had a lot better they did it in the month of Nisan where you 're not supposed to mourn and not supposed to be sad and uh, they, they there would have been it would have been done uh, it would have been more universally accepted and appropriate than it would have a different following uh, than it currently has um, There are certain things that if they 're not done right uh, but at any rate uh, the, the point I wanted to make was. Um, you can't say salvation began if it doesn't begin. But we all hoped the people who wrote it meant well. They were hoping that, you know, these were miracles after 2,000 years to come back to Israel and uh, to to defeat seven armies, you know, and to mirac- – you know, it was unbelievable. It, it knocked out the Air Force and, and we had – all the cards were stacked against us at that time. And it was like – people saw that and we should see that as a miracle – and we all would have hoped that Mashiach would come. It just didn't happen then. You know. So it means history's not done, which is fine. We'll get ready for other miracles. Uh, and maybe it could happen. It's just, to be honest, to say that that was the beginning of redemption. So some people want to see, like, you know, redemption takes a long, you know, it's like, uh, it's, at some point it's hard to say, you know, 67 was a long time ago. If redemption began, then the problem was when they gave land back, that was like, redemption it's, it's only goes in one direction. you get more and more redeemed you don 't you don't get less redeemed and so that became harder to say but that 's just some of the backdrop for it i 'm not involved in that I, I have nothing, I have no skin in the game. Uh, the people who, who wrote the prayer meant well, but redemption uh, but that becomes the question did redemption um, I would say the lesson for us is that when we have miraculous things, we hope to use them and uh, in English, you have expression. We're on a roll, you know. Like keep going with it, you know. When Hashem does something amazing, and uh, you see a miracle, so that's an opportunity to for us, um, and hopefully it'll continue. It'll keep on going that way, and we. But part of that is to use that and and uh, and roll with it, and and be grateful and. And, and see the miracles continue. You know, that's, the, that's the goal of, of keeping the momentum going, uh, so to speak. Okay, but they, unfortunately, they didn't keep the momentum going. Uh, uh, it was a good king, and we were happy for what it was. It was a great miracle. But now we get to the ten tribes, and they uh, could be that uh, part of the problem was that we, it wasn't the whole Jewish people. It was just the tribe of Yehuda. But with the ten tribes, they unfortunately had their own king, and uh, they actually set up roadblocks and didn't allow people to come back to Israel. And um, they did the one thing that uh, sealed their fate. They uh, they had this rivalry. Uh, we've had a rivalry between uh, Yosef and Yehuda going all the way back to childhood. And that's always, also true. Certain people have childhood rivalries. You know, um, the uh, the oldest child of Rachel and the oldest child or the main child of Leah, which is Yehuda, And uh, the rivalry started from the very beginning. They were two different great forces uh, that the Jewish people need both, and they didn't always get along. Um, you know, Yehuda sold, uh, sold Yosef as a slave. He, you know, that's a, that's a big rivalry there. That's not... Uh, um, and uh, we believe that uh, when we have Mashiach, we'll need a Mashiach ben Yosef and a Mashiach ben David. We'll need Mashiach from both. We'll need two. We need both those powers. And if we can figure out how to harness both energies, we got it made. (laughs) But sometimes in history, what happened is they fought with each other. And when the 10 tribes split off, they were run by Yosef. And their rivalry was with Yehuda uh, and the two tribes. Now, what they did that sealed their fate, it was okay to have sibling rivalry with one brother and another. But what they did was they got a non-Jewish kingdom to help them uh, go against Yehuda. And that was, that's already like, that's not family. That's not what you do with your family. That's not how you, uh, that kind of sealed their fate. And we'll see that a little bit over here. Mention is gonna be made of that. But that was like the final straw in the, uh, it was, it, there was always hope they would come back. But once they uh, they attacked us with the non-Jewish kingdom, that was really bad news. So, Israel, <laughs> this was a, uh, a tragedy, this word that comes out, was the Yoda Amkulu Ephraim, Yoshe Shomron. Ephraim was the son of Yosef, was the main son of Yosef, and he lived, uh, their capital was in Shomron. That's Samaria. That's Judean Samaria. And uh, his sin was arrogance. That's what blew it. Uh, his leader was very arrogant. you got to be very great to be arrogant, by the way usually. In other words, great people, that, that's one of their big problems is that they are so great that it goes to their head. And uh, that happened here. They had a great leader, but he had a lot of guys, a lot of arrogance. And um, uh, he says also in his heart, um, this was like, a, well, he calls it pride and arrogant hearted. He said, so what happened was Hashem sent him messages uh, he sent him tragedies that happened, and they should have said, oh, Hashem is angry with us, we better do tshuva. What they said was, they said, well, we'll build back better. They said, well, if the bricks fall, we'll build it stronger. Shkambim, if the sycamores fall down, we'll rebuild with uh, a resin, we'll rebuild with cedars. In other words, instead of saying that Hashem is challenging us, we, maybe we need to do better, they said, oh, well, no, we don't need to worry about that. We'll just build, Well, they, they, they didn't see that Hashem was trying to send them a message. And Hashem was going to get this leader, and uh, they and their enemies are going to be destroyed. And he made a partnership. He thought that by combining with the non-Jewish world, all the problems would be solved. He was going to then face enemies on both sides. Um, and uh, he was going to be devoured. Again, this is the Ten Tribes. Uh, Now, these wars that they faced, um, it could have been that that would have been enough, but no, Hashem's anger wasn't satisfied. And his arm was still stretched out against him. Uh, When somebody gets punished, the ideal thing would be for them to uh, re- be sorry and realize that they blew it, and that's why Hashem was angry with them. But over here, that didn't happen. And the first wave of punishment were these du- dual wars, and they didn't get the message. They said, "Okay, you know, we we lost some, but we'll come back even stronger." They didn't say we lost some. Maybe we've angered Hashem.